Hello, neighbor. You are listening to the New Garden Church podcast, and we are so glad you're here. Our church meets at 10 a.m. at DuPont Tyler Middle School in Hermitage, Tennessee. You can join us in person, or you can catch our gatherings after the fact on our YouTube channel. We would love to hear from you. We hope that you enjoy what you hear today and check back in with us again soon. to be with you today. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, The past few weeks, we've been in a sermon all about parables. We've talked about the Good Samaritan. We've talked about the prodigal son. And today we're going to talk about another parable. So before we get started, um, just pray with me, please. Dear God, thank you so much for today. I thank you for the people here in this room, and I thank you for the people who were missing this morning. Um, Thank you for this time, and I pray that what you want to be heard today is heard. Um, Just speak your words through me. In Jesus' name, amen. So... When I was a teenager, my sister and I ran across this movie on TV that we had never heard of. It was called Where the Heart Is. Has anyone seen this movie? Yes? Okay, a few people have seen it. I, for some reason, it has Natalie Portman and Ashley Judd in it, but I felt like no one had ever seen it in the world. But we thought it was the greatest thing ever. And so anytime it was on TV, we stopped what we were doing to watch it. We would try to find it on Netflix and things like that because we just thought it was so great. And in this movie, this couple at the beginning of the movie, they're moving from Tennessee to California. The guy wants to be a musician and they're trying to have a better life. And so they're on this road trip. And she's pregnant and needs to use the bathroom pretty early into the road trip. I think they're in Arkansas. And so they see a Walmart, and they pull over, and she runs into the Walmart to use the restroom. And she comes back outside to find that Willie Jack has left her. And she waits. She's, like, sitting on the stoop in front of Walmart until the sun goes down. And she finally realizes he's not here and he's not coming back. And so she ends up going back inside Walmart. She figures if she's really quiet and sneaky that she can spend the night there. So she uses supplies to spend the night there, and she ends up living in Walmart for a while. She ends up giving birth in Walmart eventually. And it just leads to all of these unfortunate things that keep happening in this girl's life. Um, And she... Just, it's like thing after thing after thing. She's in a tornado where her home is destroyed. Her mother figure dies in that tornado. And a lot of unfortunate things happen with her daughter. And on her daughter's fifth birthday at her party, her friend like brings out the cake and they're ready to light the candles. And this is what she says. Five days old, she got the jaundice. Five weeks old, she got an ear infection. Five months old, she was kidnapped. Five years old, I'm not lighting any fires, thank you. She doesn't want to take any chances on anything else bad happening in her life. Because all of these really horrible things have happened in her life. She hadn't done anything to deserve this. These were unearned 
really bad situations that she found herself in. A seemingly good person, right? Which begs the question that many of us have probably asked in our lives, who can fill in the blanks for me? Thank you, Janine. Why do bad things happen to good people? This may be a question that you have found yourself asking at some point in your life for yourself or for someone else. And I think as humans, this is a question that we would love to understand, love to know the answer to, because we create these systems that are based on fairness and merit, where if you do your chores, you should get an allowance. If you go to work, you should get paid, right? And if you do something bad at school, you're going to get detention. That our actions tend to have consequences that match them. And that's not what we saw with our main character in the movie, but that's kind of how we operate sometimes, as though good things should happen to good people and not the bad stuff. But Michael talked recently about this idea that there's nothing that we can do to make God love us any more or any less. And yet sometimes we get stuck in this cycle of thinking, if I am just faithful enough, surely God will spare me from this bad stuff. If I can do enough good stuff, hopefully my life will be better that this hard stuff will just go away and that I won't have to deal with it anymore, that my friends and family will be in good situations and they'll be protected. And maybe you have lived enough life to know that that's not always how it goes. In Matthew chapters 5 through 7, we have the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is teaching people about all sorts of things. He covers a lot of topics from how to pray to how to spend your money to what to do when you really want revenge. And today we're looking at a passage at the very end of Matthew chapter 7, the grand finale of the Sermon on the Mount. And maybe we could make some guesses about how Jesus might like, ta-da, finish this great sermon that he's just been teaching to people, but I'm going to spoil it for you. He ends it with a parable, and it's probably one that you're pretty familiar with. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So this is the grand finale of the Sermon on the Mount. This is the thing that Jesus is leaving these people with. He's been imparting all of this wisdom to them about this is a good way to live. These are the instructions that I want to give to you, not because I'm just handing you a rule book and want to burden you with more things, but this is the wise way 
to build your life. Um, He doesn't say, do all of this and none of your family will ever get sick. He doesn't say, do all of this and all your relationships will be smooth sailing forever. But he says, this is wise to build your house on what is solid. Because when storms come, even to good people, and they do, what do you want your house to look like? And I think that's the question that we often want to jump to, right? What is my house going to look like when the storm comes? But first, I want to focus on this. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Who did that happen to, the wise man or the foolish man? It's a trick question. It happened to both. The same storm. These two guys experienced the same storm. We tend to think that if we can do what is right, it's going to be easier for us. But Jesus is saying, hey, Hard stuff happens. Good people who are doing good things are not immune to hardships. In Where the Heart Is, Willie Jack, our villain, he goes off to California and he ends up writing this song and it gets really big. But somebody says, actually, I wrote that song and sues him. So he ends up with no music career He falls into addiction, and then he gets into a terrible car wreck where he loses both of his legs. These are all hardships that are not things that he chose, but the storms came for both of them, both for our protagonist and our antagonist. Hard stuff happened because... Rain falls on everyone. Wouldn't it be so nice (laughs) if we could be in our safe little church bubble and know that we are never going to encounter something hard? That's not what's said to us. That's not what Jesus has promised us. We know that rain falls on everyone. But the storm that came to the wise man also came to the foolish man. It may have felt different, it may be slightly different, but the hard times came for both of them because hardships don't discriminate. In fact, in John chapter 16, Jesus has been talking to his disciples about a lot of things that he wants to tell them before he is crucified. He knows that his death is impending and he wants to get as much of this wisdom into them as possible. And these guys have been with him for three years. They have faith in him. They love him. They've seen him do all this really awesome stuff. And this is what he says. I have told you these things, all of these important things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Because here's the difference between the wise man and the foolish man, between 
Nova Lee in the movie and Willie Jack is that she had a foundation. Jesus is saying, I have overcome the world. I am the thing that you can rely on and depend on. I am the solid rock that's not going anywhere. And at the end of the movie, we see this villain without anyone. He has pushed people away. He needs someone to care for him. But he has no foundation. Whereas our main character has built this foundation for herself that even though she has gone through it, and she really has, she's okay. Jesus is saying, you will have trouble. And that doesn't sound like good news, right? Life's going to be hard. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus is telling it like it is, but he says bad news is not the end of the story. Life is hard, and there's no way around that. But you have the opportunity to build your life on what is solid, to have your foundation on something that is unchanging, that is stable, a firm foundation. And this is what Jesus is offering, not only to the people who are reading, not reading, we're reading the Sermon on the Mount, but the people who are hearing it then, the people who read it way back when, but also to us. This invitation doesn't change to build our life on what is solid. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This foundation that is solid is not one that is changing over time. This is something that Jesus is inviting us into and saying, look, I'm not trying to just dictate everything you do in your life for the fun of it. I'm not promising you that it's going to be all good, but I'm promising you that there is something solid. There is something that you can rely on that is unchanging and that it's going to stay constant. And that thing is Jesus. So my question for all of us today is what is your foundation built on? And maybe in different times of your life, it has been different things. And if today you're really honest with yourself and you don't love your answer, that's okay. Because this invitation is open. Hardships don't discriminate, but Jesus is saying, this is for everybody. I want you to come 
and build your life on what is solid because the bad news is not the end of the story. And that's kind of Jesus' whole thing, right? The bad news is not the end of the story. We know the end of the story. Because even as Jesus is telling his friends, it's going to be hard, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He knows what's coming. Friday was not the end. We know that Jesus died and was in the tomb, but was resurrected on the last day, on Sunday. Um, Storms even came for Jesus. But today, I want to invite us all to build our foundation on what we know to be solid, on the one who overcame the storms, on the one who is offering us this firm foundation, who will never change, who is constant through the ages. And that's what we get to celebrate every week when we take communion. Um, And this morning, we've got three stations. uh, And if you want to talk to your friends about, like, times in your life that you've built your foundation on what's not solid, I invite you to do that. If you want to take some time to yourself today or throughout this week to think about that, I invite you to do that. Because it's a hard question, but I think it's a good one to think about. And the good news is we have a new chance every day to build our life on what is solid. So I'll pray for us, and then we can go to the table. Dear God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you invite us to build our life on what is solid and that you will not um, leave us in hard situations, that you're there for us, and you love us. Thank you for that. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for this time. Thank you for checking in with us. And we'll be back with another episode next week.